Hey, Giant fans, welcome to the Giant Insider Podcast. My name is Jerry Foley. I'm the senior editor of the Giant Insider newspaper. And with me, as always, is the beat writer, the heart of Giants Nation. Nobody beats the biz, Chris Bizignano. And today, a return guest, folks, two-time Super Bowl champion, Lawrence Tynes joins the podcast. Welcome to the Giant Insider Podcast, bud. Jerry, Chris, thank you guys. Great to see you. Um, and thanks for having me. Six and two. Yeah, baby. 6-2. We wanted you out at the midway point, baby. Uh, this you know, is look, much better Je- than years past talking about me, the Giants. Me and Jerry talked about this. Yo, we got, we're going to get LT on around the midpoint. We, we saw what a bye week was. We're like, yo, we're going to get his views and everything. We know we know you're locked into the team. Never, never did we think we're going to be talking about a 6-2 team, Lawrence. I'm sure you didn't either. But, Lawrence, before we start up, I, I owe you an apology. Are you ready? Why? Okay. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with football. Okay. So, back in April... You're, you're an avid baseball fan like me, okay? <laughs> so back in April when you guys brought back Zach Greinke, I tweeted at you saying, come on, Lawrence, he, can't, he tops off at 88 miles an hour. What the hell is he going to give you? And you sent me back a tweet saying, hey, he could still get outs. Yes. And he winds up with a 3.8 ERA, something like that. He got you outs. Lawrence, I apologize. but Because after you sent me back that tweet, I said, well, I guess the barbecue, the barbecue sauce out there in Kansas City is frying Tynes' brain <laughs> yeah. because this guy ain't going to give you crap. Okay, so is, but is so he once, not fun to I watch? Pitch? Have, did you, you probably didn't get to see him much. It's a freaking. Royals, I saw him a few times, Lawrence. Yeah, but it's so funky. He's got like seven pitches, and it just it's yeah. it's ground balls. It's a, you know he can get hit hard if they're on him, but man, he's fun. He's a, he pitches right. I don't think yes. people just want to throw gas anymore. He. He tops out at 88 when it's 94 yep. degrees outside. But, yeah. man, he's fun. When he pitches, I have to watch because it's just so funky. It's just Lawrence, all kinds uh, of stuff. Look, he, look, he knew, look, he used to throw 94, 95. He obviously knows he can't get it there anymore. So he adjusted, and, he's learned, and he pitches. That's what he does. He pitches. But Hall I just of wanted famer? to say you think Lawrence, he's a Hall of Famer? Uh, how many career wins does he have now? Man, he's up there. He's up Two, there. He's played he like a 220? long time. Is he around time. Is he yeah, around 220? Yeah, I don't well, get into all the wins and losses, but I think okay. he's up there. He's been around forever. Well, I, it's a lot of people think he is, but yeah. Um, so, Lawrence, I wanted to say that. I was dead wrong in my assessment. I laughed at you when you said that to me. And I will guy accept your apology. 220, 223, Chris. <laughs> just, 223. Just give us 223. There you go. Give us Ben back. Guy, we try to give you a good player, and you guys hurt him. The Yankees hurt him. Well, you know what? Wait a minute. Lawrence, I'm a Red Sox yeah, guy, bro. Right. You're in New York. A I'm a guy on Red Sox guy, and uh, look – you know, Ben and Teddy did a lot of great things for us in 2018, bro, to bring home that trophy. He's but, a contact hitter. They missed him in the yeah, playoffs. They, did. they missed him. The Yankees missed him in yep. the playoffs. No question yeah, about absolutely. it. But you know what, Lawrence? Let's get back. Into, let's get into our Giants, buddy. <laughs> hey, look, six and two, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say one of the main reasons why this team is six and two is no question in my mind is miss, is number eight Daniel Jones. This guy, five fourth quarter comebacks. This guy has put this team on his shoulders at times in key moments, using his legs. Hey, I just wrote an article about it, Lawrence. I've been putting it on Twitter. It's time this guy gets the damn respect he deserves. Am I wrong, Lawrence? Yeah, because all you have to do is turn on ESPN and listen to what the hell they're saying about Aaron Rodgers not having wide oh, receivers. Thank you. Why, if he can get the, the, the same arguments for him, why can't Daniel Jones? It's because, obviously, he hasn't done what Aaron Rodgers has. But this is an ongoing problem since after his first season. Like, he has 
I mean, we have had the worst. And I don't want to – I hate calling players the worst, sure. but he hasn't had the talent around him because, I listen, Richie James and Sills and all those guys, they show up, they make enough plays, they do all the dirty work. They're, they're, they're pro football players, but they're they're not A.J. Brown like a Jalen Hurts has or even a Devontae Smith. And you see what a number one guy did for Jalen Hurts. I mean, it, it changes the game. And so, yes, Daniel Jones, five comeback wins. They've only won six games, so we can all do the math here. He is playing very, very good football, and it, it just – it sucks, right? Because for four years, it's almost like we keep saying, yeah, he, well, he needs this and he needs this. Well, we're saying it again. And, but he's winning. Right. So that helpful. that's help, That's helpful for him in a contract year. And I'm just happy for him when all the chips are on the table and the pressure's on that he has showed up. Um, and I and I tried to you know watch Shane and, and, and his his press conference the other day, and I'm trying to find out, uh, does, does Joe like him? Do they? Mm-hmm. And he didn't really show his cards, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I didn't think. Right. Um he said some nice things about him, and that's what GMs have to do, right? They can't load the guy in public and all that. But I really do deep down think they really like him. I really think that. I get that from Dable. I, I, I think they like him. I think they think he's the guy. Lawrence, when Brian Dable and Joe Shane, <clears throat> when John brought him in for the interviews back in January, okay, they both said, of course, John asked about Daniel. What do you think about my quarterback? <clears throat> and Joe and Brian, I know this for a fact, okay? John, they both said they really like a lot of things about him. They liked him. Won't in love with him. They liked him. Yeah. Well, I can tell you this now, Lawrence. Brian Dable really likes Daniel Jones. Now, I'm not saying, not Lawrence, I'm not going to go out and say, hey, he's the 2023 20, quarterback for sure. But I can tell you this, and I think... Joe, like you said, he didn't really, you know, show his cards the other day. But both Joe Shane and Brian Dable have grown a real fondness for this kid. Where they liked him going into the season, but then they wanted to see what the hell this kid was made of. Okay? Yeah. And he has shown what he's made of. He has put this organization, pinned them against the wall, says, okay, look at my play. What are you going to do now? And I think Shane and Dable, they have, they have gone from... Yeah, we, we, we like this kid. Until, wow, we really like this kid. We got to get this kid some weapons. And I'm not, gonna comp- I'm not comparing Daniel to Josh Allen up in Orchard Park, LT. Yeah. You, I would never do that. Yeah. But what kind of a quarterback was Josh when they acquired Stephen Diggs? Yeah. All right. Now, I'm not going to say, I'm never going to say, look, if they get a true number one, Daniel's going to be like, I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is he's got nothing, Lawrence. Mm. No, he's got a bunch of three receivers and maybe Slayton's a 2B, a 2A. Okay? I'll give you that with Slayton. A lot of people think he's a 3, not even a 2. Okay, I'll give you like a 2A, 2B, whatever the hell you want to label. That's why I think have Darius is. He, he loses Lawrence. He loses his reliable rookie tight end who was coming into his own. Mm-hmm. Getting, you know, building that trust with Daniel and Ballinger's out a few more weeks. You know, we, we, all, know, we all know what happens with him with the eye. So, hey, Dable... The respect Dable has for Daniel and Joe Shane is off the charts right now. They really like him, Lawrence. We'll see what happens at the end of the year. But, dude, like Joe was talking about with Barkley the other day, hey, we always had that franchise tag available to us. That's going to be something they're going to have available to them when it comes to Daniel, too. And I think that's going to be the path that's going to happen. Lawrence, that could be wrong. Tell me how, how you feel, bud. Yeah, the, it, it's tricky because of all the past you know, failures, if you will, with this team, but you have to judge them on right now. 
like like Carl Banks says, like yesterday's price is not today's price. Uh, I I agree with that. I mean his 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 fifth year option number was twenty three million, I believe. Yes. So you ha- that's your starting point with him. Yeah. You know that had he played like this last year, you definitely pick up his fifth year option, in my opinion. No question. And and you pay the twenty three million. That's the starting point. I kind of went back and did some comparables with like, you know, the closest guy I can think of is Tannehill. Even though Tannehill, you know. Uh, does not run as much as Daniel does. In my eyes, I thought he did. But if you go look at the rushing numbers, Tannehill's never ran as much as... But then also Tannehill, in, during his time, has had Jarvis Landry, A.J. Brown, Delaney Walker. He's had some phenomenal top-tier talent around him. Running backs, obviously, with Henry and Tennessee. So I think that's a starting point for him. And, you know, in 2020, he did like a like a five-year, $150 million, something like that kind of deal. I think that's kind of where you start with Daniel in terms of long-term deal. Maybe with some opt-outs, void, void the last two years. But I think he's somewhere in that twenty-five to thirty million dollars a year contract. If it's a three-year deal, great. Um, give him some weapons. Maybe have some accelerators and things like that. But I said this on our show yesterday. You can't go backwards. So I, I don't like us going and looking for another quarterback because you know they're going to win ten to twelve games this year. Hmm. Yep. That's where I truly believe that. Do you want to start over with a rookie or maybe even, a dare I say, a free agent? I, I just don't think you do that when the guy you have in-house, you can win with him. He's proven that. Um, the schedule's been favorable, don't get me wrong. But um, down the stretch here is where he's going to either make his money or not. Because after Houston and Detroit, it gets real, right? Yeah. Two against Washington, two against Philly, Dallas on Thanksgiving – the Colts game, which is weird, sprinkled in an AFC non-conference game late. But Vikings, that'll be a massive – that'll get flexed, right, Christmas Eve. We'll all be sitting there in our pajamas watching (laughs) Daniel. Um, But that's a big game, so this is where he's going to make some money, and I think he can do it. I I have so much belief. This team is going to be better in the second half than the first half. I really believe that. And and because of that, right, Lawrence, I want to get your perspective on this. The the fan in me, the idiot in me, says – they should have made a trade to bring in a receiver. I understand why they didn't. I get it. You know, Shane wasn't going to mortgage anything, and he put this team yeah. in perspective. But I want to get your thoughts. Would you have liked to see maybe one guy come in, and I keep saying this, so that they would have a puncher's chance against a team like Philly when they play them? Yeah, I would have. But I understand, obviously, organizationally, the thought process behind it because they are building something here. And they if they start giving away draft capital for rental players. Now, having said that, the news about this Brandon Cook – uh, you know, maybe voiding uh, his 18 million guarantee next year because of his behavior and choosing not to play. It, th- this is interesting because somebody may pick him up. And 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 if I'm Brandon Cook, the player, I'm thinking, well, the Giants are six and two, the Packers are three and five. I'm not messing with Lambeau and December. I'm not sure it's cold in New Jersey in December, but it's not Lambeau. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking that's going to be an interesting story to follow over the next couple of weeks because. It, I read there's language in his contract. Obviously, he chose not to practice this week or something or play, so that voids the 18 mil. He's just trying to find an out. Yeah. And yeah. that would be interesting to follow, but I'm with the Giants. I fought, Listen, I trust the hell out of Joe Same. Shane yeah. more than anyone I have in a long time yeah. to make the right decision, and he is building something here that is, you know, there's a lot of depth on this team too. You know, you think about with uh, Aziz and Jihad and – you know, we've got to get Aziz back on the damn field. He's been a disappointment in terms of injuries. But um, this Tamon Fox guy, man, I'm looking forward to him in the second half. He is a thumper. 
He is a certified thumper. And, you know, guys are getting better. McFadden's playing a little bit. I'm getting off on a tangent here, but I just think this team is going to be better in the second half. They get, you know, if you look about the, the trade deadline, we're getting a lot of guys back, right? Like Aaron yeah. Robinson's going to come back. That's more depth. I don't know that you can plug him in over Fabian right now because Fabian's playing so damn well. Yeah. But you get another quality corner, and all these things, they're just they're getting kind of healthy at the right time. Nick Gates, what a story. Yeah. Uh, Bredesen's kind of probably on a four-weeker IR. And they, they got good players coming back. So I think maybe that was their thought process. Yeah, specifically on the edge. Chris and I talk about it all the time. I can't believe how, how deep the edge is. You know, and, and like mm-hmm. you said, Ojolari's not even playing. But, you know, then you have a guy like Fox. And, and, it, and a lot of this is not just be, I like right, not just being able to draft Fox. well, but being able to bring in Damn, the right undrafted free agents. I mean, that, that kid, this kid's been a godsend. So we always talk about how deep that, that Nick edge McLeod is, right? is a player. Right. Special teams, but he, he contributes in the back end. Yeah. And and we talked about this. We have to credit the personnel department, which has been shitty for years. Thank you. Thank you, um, LT. They're the guys bringing in the McLeods, the Fabian Moreau's. Ty Phillips. Jihad Ward. Like, yeah. I mean, Fabian Moreau guys got cut from the Texans with a million dollars guaranteed in salary right. this year. <laughs> he must have been terrible. Right. Because I watched that secondary last night, and they got two young rookies, Stingley and some other kid. Um, but other than that, how does he not make that team? But like I said on our show, a change of scenery, a coach instilled confidence in him, and Wink seems to be a master at that, telling kids how good they are and what they can do, not what they can't. No question about Lawrence. Lawrence, before we get off you know, the, the Daniel topic, with, these receive, with this receiving group, once again, Lawrence, can you – fairly evaluate him again at the end of this year because of what he's had around him? Um, fairly. I, I think you get to know him as, as Dable has as the player, the person, the studier, the show-up guy early, leave late. Those are all things that are so important that goes into playing quarterback. And I think, you know, being the smart football guys that they are, they can project, right? Like like I, read, I saw something last night where Joe Shane said the game he went and saw – Josh Allen play as the assistant GM. He threw four picks against Nebraska, and he still gave him a plus grade. Right. So so in a weird sense, can you give Daniel a plus grade on what you see from him uh, and how he plays? And I think you can. I don't think you always have to have sheer numbers, right? Because obviously Josh Allen threw four picks against Nebraska, and Joe Shane said, I left there, and I still gave him a plus grade because of the person he is. And if you read through the lines, he talked about the person he was, the player he was, the teammate he was. Daniel Jones checks every single one of those thinking boxes, and toughness is immeasurable. So I think, yes, I think you can because they understand that they can put the right talent around him with you know a good draft and maybe some free agent money. So I think so. I think you can. I, I don't think that narrative of you can't, it can't fairly – I think you can judge players uh, just projection because that's what the NFL is. You're projecting players every year. Is, it, is this guy that can help us for the next three years? Yes or no? It's simple. And I think he said he's a yes. I think he's a guy who can help you. Yeah, we, we, so I asked Jerry just okay. one, I just let me just let me fin- uh, quickly finish it out. I asked that question for a reason to Lawrence Tynes, and he answered it exactly what I thought he was going to answer. And folks, the reason why LT just said that LT, you correct me if I'm wrong, is because what LT basically said is the way I feel, the way Jerry Foley feels. You have to trust this administration. You trust Joe Shane and his scouts. Brian Dable, that they don't need a guy to throw 30 
touchdown passes to see, hey, this is our guy. Okay? We don't need to evaluate him by because he threw for 28 and 6 picks or 24, 26 picks, whatever the hell it yeah. might be. Because everybody now has the trust in Joe Shane and his scouting staff, which was crap mm. the last five, four, five years. I'm glad, Lawrence, you said that because I've been saying it for freaking five years, really Lawrence, nice. that everybody should have been thrown out of the damn building after Gettleman was gone. Okay? But anyway, and Jerry could tell you that. I've been on that yes, mission for years. True. Okay? So that's what Lawrence Tynes just said, what everybody should be thinking along the lines of, hey, we trust Joe Shane and his staff, Brian Dable and his staff, that when they say, hey, Daniel is our guy or might not be our guy, whatever it might be, but we trust them football-wise. And that was a great example of what you just said, LT, about he looked at Josh Allen in college, he had a four, four picks to one game, and Joe Shane still gave him a positive, a, an A rating, whatever he gave him at the Plus time. Plus grade, Sorry. yeah. I don't know where, it was someone tweeted it last night. It was a little yeah. video clip. I Did saw you it see too. It? Yeah. I gave saw it too. Plus long. grade. Yep. Very cool. Yeah. Because he didn't, was... he didn't pigeonhole him into, well, he doesn't have guys, right? Wyoming doesn't have guys around you. Yeah, that's a good point. Right. That's a sign of a great freaking scout and general manager because right. you go down the line, like even Malik Willis, right? Like I think he's going to be a solid quarterback for the Titans down the road, but he played at Liberty. He didn't play – you. These are that's called scouting, right? Thank OCU Minora, I played with him at Troy. Well, yeah. OC played one double A football. Right. He was my teammate, my brother for years, and then in the NFL, like somebody, a really good scout from the Giants had to say, you know, OC didn't even go to the combine. I don't know who the hell the scout was for our area. I forget his name. Yeah. Maybe it was I don't know. But he said, Man, this kid has something, and look what he turned into. Yeah. He wasn't on anyone else's draft board. He obviously didn't go to the combine. We take him in the second round. He's one of the best players in Giants history. Right. DeMarcus Ware, right? He was at Troy with OC. Yep. I mean, that's called scouting. That's digging in the weeds and finding guys, the Tamon Foxes that are undrafted. This is a different era of Giants football in terms of scouting and personnel. Yeah, and going back, I mean, look, I'm, I'm dating myself a bit, but going back, Phil Sims at Moorhead State, like someone scouted yeah, him, right? There you like, go. No one from Moorhead went to the, went to the pros. Um, I was just going to comment, uh, Lawrence. Uh, we, we've been saying that if they do go forward with Daniel, next offseason is going to be so much more fun to watch them build around him, right, in the draft, uh, in free agency. Um, we're all rooting for the kid. We love the kid. I, if I had to put a percentage on it, I think it's, I think it's 60-40 they're going to commit to him. I, I have no idea what they're going to do. But even I'm saying. Yeah, you're saying, right? Okay, 60-40? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't say with conviction that they're going to give him a long-term deal. Right. I can't say they're not going to tag him yeah. at 30 mil because you've got Saquon and Dexter and Julian Love. You've got some, you're going to have to spend some money on these guys to keep Amazing them. though, right? How many all of a sudden that you're going to keep now I after know. years of saying no second contract? Andrew now, Thomas, right. is he, do you, do you lock him up? I mean, my yes, God. tomorrow, right. He's gonna get what him. an he's getting, animal. He's getting locked Right, up. and guys like Julian Love where these guys never got second contracts or draft picks, it seems. Now it's... Oh man, can we keep everyone and add to it? So it's it's amazing how that's well, turned around. That's all, Jerry. I Jerry, agree. you remember when I put out the stat and LT. I don't know if you remember, but there was only one guy who had a second contract, and that was Shep. Yeah. Jerry, yes, right. I've been that reading that for years on Twitter. Okay, um, and now you you know. So anyway, that's you're gonna have crazy. a few. So, yeah, so let's, listen, give, let's give Gettleman let's give a little Gettleman credit a little here. Credit. Have to. Thank you. Have to. Yeah. yeah. Um, hey, let's listen. not bury him. It, the, the thing, in my opinion, I, was he a, could he have been a better GM? Yes. But let's talk about the – it was the coaching hires, guys, because we're doing a little bit more with some some talent, right? We had two top picks in the top ten. I mean, 
th- those help. But at the same time, they just made the wrong hire at coach. Yep. Right? Twice. Joe Judge brought in all his buddies. Yeah. They were terrible coaches. Colombo and him fought. Uh, the O-line coach was an asshole. I've heard that personally from guys that play on this current offensive line. They hated him. He's now yep. at Florida. They stink. Right? Uh, really Patrick asshole. Graham. We liked Patrick Graham. Guys, Patrick Graham has has losing record as a coach, as a D coordinator. Like, just I, I I get it. He's a nice guy. He's likable. But look what look at Oakland. They stink. They just this 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 Belichick tree. Someone has to somehow nix it. It's bad. It's just it just doesn't work. And then McAdoo, Shermer, we could go well, on. Well, yeah, and Shermer on, Shermer was an OC basically that they wanted to be a head coach. You know, he was the quote and a great OC at that. Right. But he they're, they're not head coaches. Joe right. Judge is not. Joe Judge is a fantastic football coach. He is a great – he is not a head coach. But he's a great football – if he's coaching offense in New England. I mean, that he's went special teams off. He's a good football coach. I think you guys can appreciate that. But yeah, just not yeah, a head coach. Yeah. McDaniels, not a head coach. Yeah. He's just not. Look at his record. Um, that's where they messed up. So Gettleman, who I'm close to because of obviously my relationship with him playing and winning the Super Bowls, and he treated me well, and I liked him. He just They just hired the wrong head coach. Hey, guys, we're going to take a break and be right back with uh, Lawrence Tynes. Hang on one second. And we're back. Lawrence, uh, one more thing with Gettleman. Free agency killed him, too. Free, free agency. He, he got yes. a lot of the he wrong was, free he agents. Was just, he was desperate. Yep. He was desperate, right? Yep. I mean, you give, you give Kenny Galladay $72 million to a guy who played five games in the previous season. Right. That's a crazy number. Um, and Kenny Galladay, I think, obviously was a product of – Matthew Stafford. Yeah. Like, Matthew Stafford has never been afraid to put the ball in harm's way. Daniel is tentative in that way because of his past. He doesn't want to turn the ball over. Matthew Stafford has played great football for a long time, so he built up equity to where I can throw the ball wherever the hell I want. I play for the Detroit Lions. If I throw 30 picks, no one cares. <laughs> and so so those are all – no, seriously, that's, that's kind of – he. if you go back and watch Galladay's tape, which I did this week just because I'm an idiot and a nerd – I watched all his great plays in Detroit, and like they're contested catches. There's some, you know, some shallow crossers too, like where he blocks the tight, blocks the end, and then kind of leaks out. There's a lot of that. Maybe, maybe we get some of that going in the second half for him to get the ball in his hands because I, I think I don't know. Maybe I'm just being too optimistic. I, I think he can help us down the stretch, and no, I think you no. know. Hey, yeah. Lawrence, I agree with you 100. percent Look. About three weeks ago, people were destroying me on Twitter because I put out there. I think I think me and Banks were the only ones, right, Jerry? Yeah. I put yeah. out there about, hey, I call me an idiot, but I still think Darius could help this team. Yep, you know, I and said he's the same him. thing. Now, Galladay's look, look, Lawrence Galladay's a guy you got to scheme up, okay? Yep. And they were doing that in training camp. He'll be he'll line up in that the Y in that Y. They'll stack to the left and try to you know free him up like that. And like you know, in Detroit, a lot of you know go get him catches, contested catches. His big routes were like one of his better routes with Matthew Stafford in Detroit. The only time I really saw him get a little separation with those 15-yard digs, LT, in Detroit. Yeah. But I, I'm, I'm with you, brother. I, I you know, Call me crazy, but when Galladay's healthy, I still think he could do some things for this team. No question. You have you know? to kind of account for him on the field. I know he's not a burner, but you know, I'm, I'm interested in this Isaiah Hodgkins kid that I just picked up, too. I mean, he's, he's kind of a Kenny Galladay clone if you look at all their numbers. And that... That receiver, that receiving core in Buffalo is so stacked. I think some people looked at that, claiming that guy is like, oh, ho-hum. Well, guess what, guys? There's like five guys in Buffalo better than anyone we have on that roster. Oh, so yeah. you're getting a guy that 
maybe he is up there. And I like Slayton a lot. Like he is, he doesn't complain. He doesn't bitch. He doesn't make bad comments. He's a great teammate, and I, I'm happy for him. He's a confidence player. You got to get him a ball or two early, and then he just keeps going. You get 60, 70 yards out of Galladay the rest of the year, or I'm sorry, uh, Slayton. Yeah. That's a win because yeah. he can blow the top off the defense. He Thank can. You. Yeah. Yep. And so. You know, the, the Hodgkins is on the roster, right? Hodge, Hodgins, he's yeah. on the roster. They claimed yeah. him. He is on the active roster. So yeah. I don't know what that means for Sills or someone else, but someone's going to get bumped down. Yeah, I was. Uh, I, I had I had some hopes for Marcus Johnson, and then he's just he's kind of fallen off, and it's not going to be he's not going to be the guy. Yeah, the Green Bay. I was there in London. I saw him. He, he was open a lot and yeah. made some plays. And but you know, guys end up truly showing who they are. They can have splash plays, but there's a reason Marcus Johnson has kind of been bouncing yeah. around this league, and it's because he, he doesn't make every catch that came his way. The Jacksonville game was egregious, yeah. to be honest. There was a lot of drops. So so, so they start off 6-2, and two, right? And I'll just, I want to go to the overall picture of this team right now. Obviously, these podcasts are a lot more fun to record when we're winning. Chris and I last year, were, last yeah. few years, were talking about like, all right, how do we spin Brutal. something positive on the on these seasons that we're having? Because you don't want to just be doom and gloom every week. But they're six and two, Lawrence. No one saw this coming. Where did you see this team this year, realistically, before it started? I said they'd be like eight and nine, okay. something like yeah. that. I think we did a preseason pick them. Um, but, but the one thing, guys, I did not take into consideration was obviously the the chemistry of this team which is not doesn't fall on deaf ears that's hard to do to create kind of this culture which we always had in, in with Coughlin with all the great guys and teammates and yeah. people forget we didn't have a lot of pro bowlers on either one of those Super Bowl teams right. Dallas did you, but we the didn't. glue that's right. That's right. yeah the glue the camaraderie still to this day the Tollefsons the Dominic Hicksons the Booths you know not the marquee names but all the guys that helped contribute or you know Strahan Eli that takes a lot, and that's they've done that here. And then I think the biggest X factor on this football team is is Mike Kafka. I don't think people celebrate him enough because he did come from this Kansas City tree in my backyard with Andy Reid, the red zone package, the creativity. He is a star. And I, I think when we signed him, didn't we all want like Pep Hamilton or something maybe in the offseason? Yeah, I don't his know name if he was, was available. Yeah. But this Mike Kafka guy – is really good. I'm going to continue like he, to say that Kafka stinks so that no one picks him up. I think he's terrible. I know. I think he's an awful OC. It, well, yeah. between him and then the young D coordinator in Philly, right, those are going to be the hot right. names next year yeah. if they keep doing what they're yeah, doing. But I like Kafka. I, those are things I didn't really have a pulse on, and I really think they're winning because their coaching is better than it has been in and years. He's, and he's overshadowed a bit by Wink. Not Wink's personality, but what Wink brings to the, the, the blitzing and all that, right? So I think – the defense turning it around from Patrick Graham. I'm, Kafka's on the radar. Go ahead. I'm disappointed. It's the one thing I'm disappointed in on this football team is that the the D line they just they they don't get home. And I and I know Wink's defense is made to confuse and you know quarterbacks is he coming is he not coming. The the one thing they do well as of last week I think they're second now. They were the number one defense in completion percentage against, which means quarterbacks are making poor decisions. I get that. But they are going to have to start getting home, guys. Sucks, yeah. They're going to have to start putting the quarterback in negative down distance situations, and they haven't done that, in my opinion, enough yeah. for a defense with the talent and the scheme yeah. on that defense. They they just haven't done that. But overall, obviously, they're still playing good defense. But I just think they need to get home some more in the second half. They got yeah, to. The only, 
they only have 16 sacks, Lawrence, which obviously they've given up 25, and, and that's been given, glossed over because we're winning. But that's right. eight more sacks than we had after eight games last yeah. year. Well, eight Lawrence, more. Yeah, uh, look, Lawrence, they've given up yards, like you said. They're not getting home, um, but you know, right now they're they're in games and they have the numbers yeah. defense because of third down and red zone defense. That's what's mm-hmm. keeping them here. They're holding teams to field goals. Yep. Or they're getting them off the field, you know. And how long will that last, Lawrence? I don't, I don't know. know. We'll see. That's but, what you got to be careful. Lawrence, you know, getting back to the head coach. Uh, we were talking about coaches who couldn't be a coach, who really wasn't made. You were talking we threw out a few names. But look, here's the bottom line, Lawrence. You know, Joe Shane knew Dave's <clears throat> from Buffalo obviously, but you really don't know what you have. Until you're in the hot seat, okay? And I tell you what, man. Dave's his first time in a hot seat as a head coach of an NFL team. You couldn't ask for more, brother. You could not ask for more What this guy. And I'm around him all the time, Lawrence. And he's a fiery dude. Don't, he's a, fi- and you'll see it at the sideline sometimes. He's a fiery oh, yeah. guy. But he's so smart aggressive-wise. What I mean by this is that you never feel he's lost control, Lawrence, on the sideline. Even when he's firing, you look over at him and he just calms down. All right, on the next play. Okay, he's like that in a lock. Look, I've seen him rip into a few guys in training camp. Bellinger being one of them. Okay? But he does it in a way where, okay, right after that, let's get on to the next one. I've talked to players, Lawrence, about him where in meetings there'll be a play. And a play, uh, Julian Love told me. He goes, he, he, he told me once, Julian, and Julian said, Chris, I thought I was going to get torn and knew you know why. <laughs> but Dable looks at it and he'll go like this, Lawrence. Okay, Julian, tell me why you did that. Well, I did this because of leverage inside, whatever it might be, right, Lawrence? And Dable will be like, no, Julian and Wink, of course, you know, this is the way we want it done. Okay? The only thing that irks him. That he will be like, what the F are you doing if it's stupidity? If you're not mentally yeah. prepared, Lawrence. But Dable's a guy like, look, 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 let's face it, LT. You don't know what you have until he's in the hot seat. But yeah. I guess what, dude? I guess we know what we have now, Lawrence. Tell me what you think of Brian Dable, what he's brought to this organization after eight games, coaching, sideline decisions, and all that. Tell me, LT. Man, he's, you know, you use the word players coach. Um, obviously, we've seen him dancing in the post-game videos in the locker room. That's 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 huge. The guys, he feels like one of them. You know, Joe Judge was Joe Judge. I, I, I don't want to compare, but, like, did we ever see Joe Judge and Dave Gettleman at a Rangers game fist-pumping and waving towels? No. <laughs> They're in harmony. The GM, the coach, you know, hiring Wink was an outside hire. I don't think he even knew Wink. I don't he think he did. And, and he so that's impressive alone that they built this chemistry. But, of course, Wink comes from a winning culture. Wink is a guy who loves his players and guys love playing for him. He's got the charisma, the swag. And then they've had, they, they have a lot of good coaches on the staff. So Brian Dable made a lot of good hires, and that's, that's what's most impressive. But you got to hold guys accountable. But the reason he's able to do that is because he loves on them too. You can't just be a yell guy and not praise a guy when he does something well, which Dave's does. We've all seen him hug players, fist pump them, go for two in Tennessee. Um, He's not afraid. Um, And so he's just brought a different energy to that locker room because outside of the draft pick, sure, 
this is the same roster that you know minus obviously some free agents and things like that that um the judge had last year for the most part some of the core guys anyway but they're just better (laughs) and they have more confidence and they're playing with confidence and i think that all stems from brian dable because he's a winner alabama new england buffalo and obviously it's been a great great ride so far through eight games yeah and, and there's one player we keep talking about there's one player that represents this team right now i'll tell you it's uh it's a shane Zimenez in that we expected nothing wow didn't, th- didn't think he was going to be on the Buried. team and and now mm-hmm. you know he's, he's one of the guys he's one of the main guys on the edge and and he seems to be you know he, i think he dunked gatorade on dable week one to me that's yeah. that's coaching you're getting you're you're getting the most out of a guy that everybody cast aside and said he's not even gonna make the team this year I know. And we talked about him on our show, and he didn't play last week. Uh, Aziz didn't play. I mean, you get two guys back at that quality of football player and depth and can add some pass rush. That's huge coming down the stretch, provided they stay healthy. And, you know, for me, guys, it's the Fabian Moreau guy. Like, that. that is a mind-blowing yeah. ho-hum. He, we signed him. We claimed him. Put him on a practice squad. Was a third-round pick by Washington in 17. Like, <laughs> this guy was a nobody. Yeah. If there ever is a nobody on your team, and this staff has had this innate ability to put confidence into players and say, this is what you do well. You are a good player. And that's all the NFL is. I tell people this all the time. Everyone's measurables are the same. But it's between your ears. Are you playing with confidence or are you not playing with confidence? And this team is playing with confidence. And even Daniel looks looks obviously a lot more confident. Every player on this team just has confidence in what they're doing, whereas they have not had that in the last – five or six years to be honest they just kind of went out there with their heads hung down low they're not good this team shows up every week thinking they can win Lawrence the feeling in the locker room with these guys is that the game plan when they when they practice Wednesday okay and they get presented the game plan for the next opponent the feeling with these guys is that the game plan that Wink Dable Kafka come up with is going to be a winning game plan. That's how confident they are. It doesn't matter important. who the hell they're playing. It could be playing. It could be the Chiefs. It could be Eagles are going to be soon next month. It could be whoever. The feeling with these guys is that, okay, what these guys are coming up with is what's going to work Sunday at 1 o'clock. Yep. And that's huge, Lawrence, because, Lawrence, I've been in the locker rooms the previous years where you talk to a couple of guys and you're like, and I'd be like on the side with them going, uh, you know, what exactly was the thought pro- And they're just like this, Lawrence. I'm rolling my eyes, everybody. I, and they just like roll, they roll their eyes, bro. Like, I don't know what the hell that was. And that's I a don't true think they shit. Knew. Yeah, I, I they mean, didn't know. With these they guys, didn't know in your space. Right. And, and look, winning cures everything. We know that. And they're winning. And of course, everything's a feel-good story in the locker room. But the point I'm saying is that, hey, it could be little things. And I, I'll give you an example, Lawrence, okay? Against Jacksonville, there's no question in my mind that last drive, Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence throws, throws those little fade routes in the end zone trying to get a cheap-ass flag, get them on the one yard. Of course, they're trying to convert. But they're also trying to get that cheap-ass flag, which we see a million times during the game in this yeah. NFL, right? They put them on the one, boom, game over. So I talked to Adoree Jackson. I talked to Fabian about this. I said, Adoree, I said, Adoree, tell me if I'm wrong, but I felt... Doug Peterson, Joe, Tre- and Trevor, they were trying to get you guys on that on those two nine routes, those two little fade routes, trying to get that cheap flag to get down. And Adoree goes, well, we weren't going to let that happen. He go- First, he was like, you know what? 
Yeah, no question we're trying to do that. Because but we weren't going to let that happen. You know why? Because we were technique. Oh, you went like that to me. Right, Lawrence? So I go, Dory. Jerome? I mean Jerome Henderson. Lawrence, right? Obviously. I go, Jerome? Yeah. He goes, Jerome techniques us up. That's what he goes like. He said that to me right there. He goes, we were going to have our head turned no matter what. And you saw that, right, Lawrence? You saw Fabian on a one ball in the corner. That was a little up. I know it was a little, a little high. But the one to Adori was right there. But Adori yeah. had his head turned, comes up with the PD because they were trying to get that cheap ass flag. No question yeah. about it. Besides, obviously, trying to you know hit you know connect on a ball, but coaching. That's what we're talking about, Lawrence. Right? Bobby Johnson, offensive line coach. Look he's how great. he's coaching these. Look how he's coaching these guys up. Okay. Yeah. Guys, I mean, and these guys, Lawrence, I talk to these guys, and they're telling me, yeah, Bobby's very particular about this one thing. He'll he'll keep teaching this one technique. He'll keep teaching. And everybody has the trust of these coaching staff. And that's huge, Lawrence. I don't have to tell you, brother. The how, yeah. how, I mean, that's huge, man. It's everything in the NFL. Coaching is is everything. It's Because everyone is, is fast. Everyone can jump. Everyone can run. Everyone can yep. do the same things, measurables. It's scheme. It's always been scheme. And, and it's why Coughlin had, you know, Belichick's number. He just did. I think he's the only coach in NFL history that has a 500 or winning record against Belichick. So it's just it, – it's all coaching. We had great staffs, great coaches. Um, yeah, the, these, the offensive line, I mean, when Azudu and, 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 and Tyree Phillips came in in Jacksonville, they didn't miss a Not beat. A beat right. And they ran the ball down their throat. And, I mean, that was impressive to see. And that just goes to show you the quality of this coaching staff and depth that they have – compared to years past, because when we had to bring in a backup in years past on the offensive line, holy cow, um, it was bad. The only two players still playing from that offensive line, or three actually, are obviously Andrew Thomas, but, you know, Hernandez and, and Billy Price are starting in Arizona together. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of people that were on that line that played significant snaps last year that aren't even in pro football anymore. Right. So yep. that just goes to show you where the roster was last year compared to this year. And, yeah, the coaching staff is – they're great. That's and the Lawrence, NFL's coaching. Uh, Lawrence, I mean, everybody's kind of like, you know, there, is, there, there isn't much separation with these teams in this league. You see, it's look not, at the parity, right, Lawrence? I mean, look, it was 14-14 last night with eight minutes left in the third quarter, right. Houston Texans versus the Eagles. Right. So, so. But, and Lawrence, this is what I, Jerry, I was just going to yeah. piggyback this one thing. This is what I love about this coaching staff. This is why, because, you know, I, I, I've tweeted it so many times about Mike Kafka, how smart they are. A very it could be a, a simple thing as this, Lawrence. Something's working, they're sticking with it. Right. They don't get away from it. That play that little that little power gap run there with oh, ZDU pulling against yeah. Jacksonville, they ran it about seven straight times. I know. And then when you ask the coaching staff the following week, hey, you know, what did you see there? I asked Bobby Johnson, Bobby, did, were you ever a part of that before? You ran the same play like eight straight and he goes, You know what they said to me, Lawrence? Hey, it worked. Why stop it? Yeah. That's confidence. That's player confidence, coaching confidence. That's but, that's when you know you're in a good place. And but Lawrence, how many times have you seen over the years a coordinator <laughs> get away from something that's working? Too many. That's my Too point. Many. Go ahead, Jerry. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, it's good, man. That's all. Um, we're gonna take another break, guys, and be right back after this. Hang on. And we are back with Lawrence Tynes, who's been kind enough to uh, share a lot of his time with us. We really appreciate it, man. Thanks for coming on. Um, oh, you're welcome. Lawrence, I guess I want to ask you, like, looking out for the rest of this season, what do you, what do you, other than the fact that 
they have a very good shot at the playoffs. Like, what, what most excites you about this team? And aside from, like, you know, the wide receiver talent, say, what is something that's, that you think is going to be the ultimate Achilles heel for this team or, or something that you're really nervous about going forward? Um, you know, obviously linebacker, I think, is, is weak. Uh, I like Tate Crowder as a football player. I don't know if he's out of position or more of a role player, but he's a starter. And then Jalen Smith struggles at times in pass, pass coverage. But I think you can hide things like that in today's passing NFL until you run up against a, you know, a team that's just going to run the ball down your throat, which is not – you know, next week they'll get tested against the Texans with that Pierce kid. He's good. But I think linebacker – I mean, that, the receiver is the easy right. one to point yeah. to. Um you know, they just can't turn the ball over, right? I, to be honest with you, the Seattle game, 13-13, those two turnovers were massive. The one right before the half and then the one late in the game on special teams of all things, that hurt. Like, they were they were exactly where they wanted to be on the road, 13-13, with a chance to win the game, and that just absolutely killed this team. Um, those two turnovers were huge, and you hate it for – for a guy like him, uh, what's his name again? I'm Richie, drawing a blank. Richie James. The, Richie James. Richie James, yeah. Because he's done everything right, and he's obviously not trying to turn the ball over. But the thing I'm looking for, you know, listen, November 24th to December 24th is where the Giants' season will be made or broken. They have five games starting with, you know, let me look at it real quick. I had it pegged. It's, it's, it's It starts in Dallas. And then you go mm-hmm. Commanders, Eagles, Commanders, Vikings. And Commanders with Heineke mm-hmm. is harder than Commanders with Wentz. 1,000% agree because he gets the ball to McLaurin, which Wentz, <laughs> yes. for some reason, can't do. Doesn't throw it I'm to afraid of Tyler Haneke. Yeah, I am. I know. He's a, this team is legs, winning though. winning with him at quarterback. He, he's mobile. He's competitive. And he gets the ball to the wideouts. Um, he doesn't turn the ball over much. But Cowboys, Commanders, Eagles, Commanders, Vikings, in that one-month span is where the Giants are going to either make the playoffs or not. I, and I don't. I would take two and three out of that, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, because you think you're you're counting on wins against the Texans and Lions, but three and two would be incredible. Yeah. Because the Commanders are not anything to sneeze at. No, I know people kind of wrote them off because we're reading all these bad headlines about their organization, but their football team they get Chase Young back. That just adds to a D line that leads the league in quarterback knockdowns. I mean, that's yeah. that's going to be tough. Yeah. And they seem to do no that every year. They start it. off slow, and then all of a sudden they creep back mm-hmm. up. And look, it's, they're four and four now, right? And like we said, Ron uh, Rivera. Yeah, right, right. And yep. and and McLaurin. Look, I'm a nerd. I have him on my fantasy team, and I was excited when Heineke came in because I thought okay, I could play him again because he yep. throws it to him. He throws him the ball. He does. Yeah. So. And they've got two good backs. They, you know, they they're, they're, they're that that the NFC East is tough, man. Yeah. Every yeah. team's got an above 500 record. That's uh, so we'll see how you know the Vikings versus Washington this weekend will be. Yeah. An interesting game yeah, well. to see where they're at. Lawrence, I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm going to ask you, ask you to put your GM hat on. Saquon Barkley. We, let's fast forward. We're now in January, February. The season's mm-hmm. over. What would you do with 26? I mean, you have to pay him. You got to give him, you know, he's going to ask for Ezekiel Elliott money, and he should because that's what he deserves. He's a better player than Ezekiel. I always thought that Ezekiel was a product of his offensive line. And, you know, he's a good player, but he's not a $15 million a year running back. I I like a like a three- to five-year deal with Saquon. It's going to have to be somewhere around a $15 million average. You know, the, the, his, his uh, franchise number is 12. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So if you have to at last minute, you you put that on him. But you got to make Saquon. You got to keep him happy in terms of long term because of what he's been through, what he's meant to this organization, how he's handled things. I was very critical of him last year, and I think I was rightfully so in saying that he lost his want to. And who wouldn't playing for these coaches and this team and the staff? The because you could just tell, you know, and, you know, he, he told everyone to stay on the other side. I never said he was a bad player. I just said he lost his want to, yeah. and he, he's found that again. Yeah. And you can see that. And he's, you know, I think that shoulder's worse than we know. I really do. I've noticed it in the last two or three weeks. I think it's this. these it's two weeks are going to do him wonders. But you can just, yeah, no, there's no question. It's hurting. I can tell just the way he's running and the way he's falling. And uh, so two weeks off is a bit, a lot of time for a player. And, and you can, you know, these guys heal so fast and that will maybe help him a little bit. But I, you got to pay him. You got to pay him. I don't like the franchise tag on Saquon at all. Yeah, I, I, we couldn't agree more because we keep saying, like, everyone says, well, you can't invest that, that in a running back. Well, we're not picking him again at two. He's already on the team. Yep. So what are you gonna, are you, yeah. if you let him walk, who do you replace him with? He's the guy's yeah, top three he, in the league. He's too dynamic. Right. Yep. And he's, he's, he's 40% of this offense right now in terms of yards. So <laughs> right. uh, you don't want to get rid of that guy. I, I, think, I think they'll make him happy. I can just kind of read through the tea leaves with Shane, and they understand what he means now. This is not Buffalo, right, where it's Josh Allen and you don't really need a Saquon. We need Saquon with the way, you know, this offense operates. Do you think Shane maybe changed his mind with Barkley or Jones? Do you have any insight there? Yeah. I think he – I think he. well, naturally he, he had nothing to yeah. base anything on because of what, what did he do since his second year in the league, to right. be honest. So, yeah, I think he's seen what he brings to the table more so in a leadership – teammate capacity because you can tell Shane and Dable are real big on that but obviously he's a great player too but the way he handles stuff man he is he's been a pro he's a pro and so yeah you 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 pay guys like that you keep guys like that in the building because he's a megastar he he is he's he's humble he works hard his teammates love him and that's not always the case with these running backs throughout the league so I think you pay him three-year deal. I don't know. It's got to be three minimum, five. I don't know. However they can figure it out. But you're going to have to pay him top money, no question. Lawrence, you know, he definitely lost his mojo. Uh, he definitely yeah. lost his confidence, bro. Mm-hmm. And he admitted it. He's admitted it. It impresses yeah. that. Yeah, no, listen, I, I lost a lot of my confidence. And there's no question one of the reasons why is he was getting – I mean, he just had no line in front of him, dude. How many times was he getting blasted in the backfield as soon as he – as soon as he got the ball, yeah, you know, it was and then bad. he started, you know, he he started creating some bad habits as far as spinning, maybe dancing a little too, because he hadn't, he just didn't have the confidence, he hadn't, the, he didn't have the holes, and I think he got into some bad habits. And listen, Lawrence, he's kind of admitted it too. It's not like he's, you yeah. know, didn't say any of this in the past. You know, this year, hey, he's got an offensive line that can run block pretty well. Oh yeah, and we've all seen that, and look what he's doing. Okay, look what he's doing. It's a big I'm looking man. forward to Evan Neal obviously getting back maybe after the bye, maybe. And then, you know, th- th- that big package that they have, uh, yeah. that can do some damage down the way. Yeah. And we don't talk enough about Bellinger. He's a hell of a blocker. Yeah. Yeah. That's what he's here for. Yeah. 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 yeah he's a good blocker, and that's coming into his own. Uh, mm hmm. You know, obviously before the eye injury, man. He'll be back, though. It looks like in a couple of weeks. And Gates, I mean, adding him to the big package, he's a great player. So. Hey. Hey, Lawrence, it wouldn't surprise me if Nick is starting a left guard. 
or, or if not starting next week against Houston yeah. over to Kitazidio, if not starting, he's going to be getting a, the same amount of reps during the game. Yeah. I, that's the way I see Nick. I think Feliciano's team. been solid too. He, he's probably the least talented of those guys up front. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, he's he's held his own. And Golinski's held his own too. LT. Yeah, started slow. He started right. He, boom. But the whole yep. offensive line has gotten better. I mean, Andrew Thomas, my God, I could just watch his tape on replay. It is fun to watch. Me and my son watch him just on Sundays. Like, he just dominates people. Yeah. He's playing like Trent Williams right now. To, you know, I mean, he's, every bit of it. LT, he's he, playing at a all pro. He is the, the all pro. T- if the seven. season ended today, LT, I mean, no question to me. He Forget about the Pro Bowl crap. He's all pro. Yeah, Pro Bowl's a joke. Uh, pro Bowl's a joke. He's all pro. Mac Jones was a Pro Bowler last year, if you need to yep. know anything else. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I never made the goddamn Pro Bowl for God, crying out loud. Three-time first alternate sucks. But everyone <laughs> that, you know, that, yeah, it stinks because they only take one kicker. Now it's like if you're a fifth lineman, no offense against like some of my teammates that made it, but some of them were like the fifth and sixth alternate that played in it because five guys tapped out yeah. and they're called Pro Bowlers. Yeah. Uh, That's all right, LT, because you made some of the biggest kicks this franchise has ever seen, right. brother. So we don't give a crap about the Pro Bowl stuff. That's right. I <laughs> know. Uh, I don't either. I was going to ask you that. Like, you're a clutch kicker, LT, but like, are you amazed by what, what some of these kickers can do now, where it's like 58, 59 yards and they're out there and it's like, it's a 50 50 shot. These guys can hit it now? Yeah. Uh, well, in some ways, you know, I think we always were able to do that, even Meyer, yeah. if you will, but like, coaches just were not willing to let you do that. Yeah. You know, they we had Feagles and some punters that could just put the ball in, especially Tom Coughlin. He was such a close-to-the-vest guy. Yeah. I mean, I didn't have the range of, like, a Tucker or some of these other guys, but I could have hit much longer field sure. goals. We just never kicked them. But now the trend is towards kicking longer field goals, and the more you do it, yeah. uh, obviously, you know, the more the more you make, and that helps. But the coaches are putting you out there for them. So it's the way the game has went. Now you have to be able to hit you know fifty plus field goals uh, every game. Now I was also going to ask you before you brought up the coaching staff and, and and some of the similarities with Coughlin and his staff. What are those similarities? Like, is it just the game planning? Like, how, were you guys that confident in what you saw with what Spagnola brought to the table and Gilbride um, at week in yeah. and week out? Like, you know what? We have a game plan. We can we can beat anybody every week. Is, was it the same kind of feel? Just curious. Well, it was that, and then you had number ten at quarterback. I mean, yeah. when you have a guy like that, um, you feel like you can win any game because Eli is Eli, yeah. and he was a franchise quarterback. So Daniel's making his way towards that. I mean, the coaching staff is is massive. I think it's a big part of the team, but obviously this game is all about the quarterback. And with Eli lining up, you know, for however many games in a row he did, anytime he suited up, we, we had a chance to win. And then obviously we had great pass rushers, Great offensive lines, which is this team is trending towards both of those things. Great offensive lines, great defensive lines. So, and we just get Daniel humming, get this passing game going, get him some weapons. No question, this team can be dangerous for a long time because they're pretty young. Yeah. yeah. Lawrence, my man, it was a pleasure, brother. Yeah, I appreciate really appreciate you guys having me. Really appreciate you, man, giving us some time. We're going to talk soon, I hope. Right, Jerry? Yeah, Let's, absolutely. Tough stretch, you know, baby. Tough stretch tough coming stretch. up. But you know what, yeah. LT? We'll, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll wrap again around the Eagle time or after the Eagle game and 
We'll talk a little bit about the home stretch in December around the holidays. And- I got one more thing on this Eagles team. Go ahead. Go ahead. I watched them closely last mm. night. I think they're good. I don't think they're eight no good. Mm. You know, I saw some, you know, the Texans exposed them with some running. Their, their secondary is not a willing tackling unit. You watch their secondary. They they do not want to come up and mix it up with Slay and Brad. They do not want to. So that's going to be to the Giants' advantage, to be honest with you. I, I Obviously, the offense is a problem with Hurts and them. But um, I don't think, you know, they're good. I'm not taking anything away from them. But, you know, I, I, no one's given the Giants a chance to go in and beat them in one of these two games. So I'm looking forward to those matchups. Well, Lawrence, right before we right before we started recording, I was talking before you came on. I was talking to Jerry, and I what did I say, Jerry? I said I think I found a, a little chink in the chink. armor. There with was. The Eagles. Yeah. Right and now, yeah, listen, yeah. that and running it's the, back it's is the run. The I said Damian Pierce was getting chunk man. yards last Jordan night. Dave, He's Jordan a good Davis runner, going though. down hurt them a lot. You know, but, but that I Pierce said, that Pierce kid is good. Yeah, yeah, uh, but really I saw, I looked at him, and I said, you know what? Mm-hmm. They were running the ball on the Eagles yeah. last night. It's there. It's there. I would like to see the Giants get Breida a little more involved in the running game down the stretch. I know what he can do out of the backfield, but you're going to have to help Saquon out down the stretch a little bit with some carries. Yeah. I'm sure. Hopefully, I'm sure Dave will. Two, la- two so. last things, real quick. One, you said you were a nerd for looking at film. We refer to that as a buffoon, so welcome aboard. You're now a buffoon like the rest yep. of us. And, I'll put and- that on my Twitter handle. <laughs> there it is. Nice. And uh, Two Fs. And two, put you on the spot. Um, what's the what's the Giants' final record? What do you got? Well, I'm gonna go. Let me look, let me pull it up just so I can see it. I, I think they win both games coming out. Listen, the, the Texans obviously hung in there last night, but the, they're the Texans. Um, Davis Mills just I, I like him, but he makes too many mistakes. I'm gonna go with eight, ten. I think they go. I think they go twelve and five. I know that's. <laughs> I'll take it. I think they go twelve and five. I, I really, nice. I think you know that Colts game, the line that's nine, and then you just somehow have to go three and three in the next six. Yep. So nice, and I think they can do that. All right, man. I said yeah. that. I said that about a month ago. I, I said, pin it, post it, snapshot it. I said the Giants are going to go. I think I said twelve. And That'll five, be the so lead in on the, on the podcast. So good, good stuff, man. Yeah, awesome. I think so. There you I go, think baby. Go. LT, 12 and 5. Strong, can imagine, isn't it? Can you imagine that, bro? <laughs> yeah. Maybe Maybe they won't host, right? They won't host a playoff game, but. No. That's okay. No. Well, they'll, they'll go into, uh, well, we'll Seattle. see. You know, we'll see how Maybe go back out. to Seattle. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Watch. Wait for it. It's going to happen. I would, I would be there. I would be there for that. Yeah, boy. Well, listen, man. We want to thank you for coming on. It's, it was uh, just as awesome as the last time. We're going to have you on again if, if you're willing uh, it's great yeah. to get your your perspective, and you are a true student of the Giants. Like you, you know, I love that you follow them. Like you were a legend for them, and that you hit two of the most clutch, famous kicks in history, and you follow the team. It's it's awesome, man. It's great. Thank you. I'm just trying to get in the Ring of Honor. That's a, that's the only reason. I, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> One day, and and I love how he straightens Paul Schwartz out of the New York Post yeah, on the podcast. Me and Paul go which at I'm going to remind which I'm going to remind Paul when I see him this I week. mean listen, <laughs> it's freezing cold takes. That's why I tell him it's freezing cold For takes. For the 47 yarder alone, should be in the ring of honor, bro. I'm going to forget about it. No, I appreciate that. Yeah, but thanks, man. One day. We really appreciate you coming yep, on. Yeah, thank dude. you guys. Well, it's be good, brother. Love you, yeah, man. You Talk to you soon. Yeah, yeah you yep. guys be good. Enjoy the bye week. Well, that was uh Lawrence Tynes, guys. Hope you enjoyed it. Again, man, we can't be 
more thankful for him giving us so much of his time and insight. It was great. It's it's a it's a thrill talking to him, Chris. Yeah, yeah, he's got the pulse of the team. You know, he does the podcast, uh, you know, with, the, uh, with some of the beat writers and all that stuff, and uh, he knows everything that's going on. And we were interested to get his perspective of what's going on, and we did, and we'll have him on again towards the end of the year. He's always a great guest. Lawrence is, keeps it real. That's what I love about Lawrence. Keeps it real. So. Yep. We'll, uh, we'll probably give two next week as well, um, or, or at least one podcast. We'll figure it out. We're going to might have another guest. Maybe we'll do a you know, a question segment. We'll, we'll figure it out, but we'll let yeah. you guys know when we come back. Um, yeah. But good stuff. All right, guys, to order a subscription to The Giant Insider, go to www.thegiantinsider.com and go to Magster for a digital subscription. That's M-A-G-C-T-E-R. All right, guys, talk to you next week. Sundays are giant days, baby. Take care, everyone. Take care, everybody. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.